Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Everybody say right in the middle. There's nowhere to go because you're stuck right in the middle of it. And the problem was that it was in the midst of a sea. and There was a storm going on. So in the middle of it now they're tossed with waves. There's no good escape planned. The wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night. Now don't let this freak you out. Jesus went unto them. Now, I don't know what your Bible says, but I know what ours says, and, and, and I know what it says on the screen right here. He went to them walking on the sea. That, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> Fed the 5,000, went alone to pray. They're in the middle of a storm. They look up, and here he comes walking on the water. Now, I want you to see this. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, I think this is the nicest way you could say it. They were troubled. They were a little troubled. They said, it's a spirit. And I know we got some men's men in here and some strong women, but these weaklings, they cried out for fear. Bunch of crybabies. Spooky. Here we are in the middle of a storm, and all we get is a spirit walking on the water. And immediately, straightway, Jesus spoke to them, and I love this. He said, get happy. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Somebody needs to know today, he'll show up in the middle of your mess. He said, it's me. Don't you worry. Don't you be afraid. It's me. And Peter answered him and he said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. You got to watch this guy. You know, sometimes we say things to the Lord and right after it comes out of our mouth, we say, oh, that was a bad idea. Peter said, uh, I know you weaklings were crying just a minute ago, but watch this. Lord, if it's you. Bid me to come. And the Lord said, come. And when Peter, everybody say when. The moment that he came out of the ship, he walked on the water and he went to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was... Scaredy cat, what's wrong with you? You're standing on top of the water. That's not weird. He began to sink. 
And he cried saying, Lord, save me. There's no better time to be saved than when you're on your way down. <laughs> I just want to preach to you today. I, I want the Lord to help us. I feel like the Lord gave me a little word. Uh, as is pretty common, I, I tossed and turned all night long. What would God have me to preach today? Who's going to be in the house? Lord, you know who's going to be walking in tomorrow. You know what's going to transpire, and I don't. But this is what I do know. Somebody in this place went to bed last night saying, should I go or should I not go? Am I going to go tomorrow? And here's the good news. You came, and I was up all night, and I was tossing and turning all night, and you're the reason why I was tossing, and I'm glad that you're here, and the Lord's glad that you're here, and the Lord wants to minister to you today. And if you're willing to receive the word of the Lord, I just want you to take your hands and surrender and lift them towards heaven right now and say, God, whatever you have for me today, I receive it. God, if there's a deeper place that you want to take me today, I receive it. Whatever you have for me today, God, if there's more revelation that you have for me, if there's a deeper place that you desire for me to walk as your child, I will walk in that today without fear or reservation in the name of Jesus and let the church of the living God say amen. i tell you what would make me feel really good right now is if you would give our great God a hand clap of praise for his word. God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus in here this morning. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I know you've been standing for a long time, and uh, I have too. I think I'm going to stand for a little longer if y'all don't mind. Praise God. So Jesus is in a really dark time in his life. Uh, as a matter of fact, it is concerning this season of time in his life uh, that uh, one of the, the darkest days uh, which is actually perhaps the, the shortest scripture that we know in the New Testament was recorded where it said that Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? He wept because John, his cousin, the baptizer, had been executed, had been killed, and his heart was broken. And so the Lord was going to go on vacation into the wilderness for just a little bit, spend a little time out in the wilderness, and wouldn't you know that even... In a dark time of his life, when he needed to get out in the wilderness and rest his mind and rest his body a little bit, he looks up and here comes 5,000 people plus because we've got wives and children and men and there are thousands of people. So here I am trying to go uh, to the amusement park in the wilderness and rest my mind, you know. And I look up and there's thousands of people. But the Lord doesn't just look at people as people. When he looks at people, he sees the needs. He sees the deficiencies. He sees the weaknesses. And so the longer these people are there, they start drawing on him. And he looks at his disciples. He said, well, what, 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 do, you, what do you think we ought to do? And, and the disciples said, well, I think maybe, maybe uh, we should send them away. And the story goes like this. He said, well, it's, it's too late in the day. They'll never make it back. They'll starve to death. I mean, they followed you all the way out here in the wilderness. What are we going to do? I mean, should we send them away? And would 200 pennies buy enough for them anyway? It's all we've got. And so the Lord said, well, what do you have? 
And so they start looking, and they got a few loaves and a few fish. It's not very much, but it's kind of the story of my life. If you take what I really have and what I'm really worth, it's completely invaluable when compared to the need of this world. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus... One of the disciples asked the question. They said, I mean, we got, we got five loaves and two fish. What are they among so many? What are we going to do? I mean, honestly, this is insufficient for the need of the hour. And, and, you know, I feel today, I felt so strongly that there would be somebody in this house that's been told all of your life, you are not enough. I feel like there's somebody here today that knows what I'm talking about when I say, I can't meet the need on my own. There's somebody here today that's been told you'll never amount to enough. You'll never be enough. You'll never be beautiful enough. You'll never be smart enough. You'll never make enough money. You'll never do it. But listen to what I want to tell you today. I know that your earthly father may have let you down. And I know your friends may have let you down. And I know you may have had some dark seasons in your life. But I would love today to introduce you to a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the earth. It's very, very possible today that your relationship with God has come short because you're always measuring your father in heaven to a father in the earth. And you may have had a wonderful father, but may I tell you this today, he doesn't compare to my father. I thank God that I was raised with a good daddy. My dad is, uh, my, my dad is literally, he could be a poster child for, for being a good dad. And it's not that he didn't make mistakes, it's that he always tried to make them right when he did. And there's something to be said about people that have integrity. But I want you to know that there have been times in my life, even if it was for a season, that I felt like perhaps... I had been let down by people that I trusted and people that I loved and people that I counted on. But when I reflect on the days of my youth and the days of my life right now, I want you to know there's never been a time recorded in the days of my history that the Lord has ever left me alone, that he's ever forsaken me. And here's what I want you to know. You see me dressed up in a suit today. You see me standing up here looking all dignified like I got my world together. But this is the real truth. He should have and could have walked away from me a million times but he kept right on loving me even when I was unlovable even when I wasn't in the right state of mind even when I didn't have it all together he kept on loving me he kept on loving me I want to tell you, his love is matchless, and it's so beautiful. He'll love you even when you cannot love yourself. He'll love you when nobody else loves you. One of the most amazing things that can transpire in the life of a human being is when they stop trying to compare the love of God to the love of humanity. There is no love like the love of God. And it's because love is not just what he does. It's because love is who he is. Have you ever been in a relationship that feels so good you're just waiting for it to fall apart? Well, it's all right. 
You just in this relationship, you're like, man, this sounds too good to be true. It's, it's, I mean, something about to happen. There is a surprise that's coming my way, and I feel it sure as the world. This can not last. And I could go into some surprises today and talk to you about some, but I think I'll just leave that for another time. But you know, some people serve God just like that. They come to the house of God, they get their life transformed, things are turned around, and they spend the next 15 years of their life saying, when's this going to fall apart? When am I going to finally wake up one morning and realize he don't love me like I thought he did? And it's because our revelation of who he is is built on our frustration from what he did not do for us. And I'll give you some examples. When we're children, we pray big prayers. And I think we ought to be able to keep that childlike faith. As a matter of fact, it impressed Jesus very much. He said, except you come to me like a child. It impressed him. But I prayed some prayers when I was a kid that I'm really thankful he didn't answer. Amen. Amen. Yesterday, we were, we were at Cracker Barrel and... Uh, there was a song that came on from a country music singer that uh, when I was a young kid, I told my girl standing there, the song came on, I said, man, I thought she was like the most beautiful thing in the world. And I'm so thankful the Lord didn't answer my prayer and save her so that we could get married. <laughs> Honestly, I never prayed that. I'm just being facetious. But, like, there, there's some prayers that I prayed when I was a kid. That I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad he didn't answer. But you know what? I still have prayers that I prayed when I was younger. And even, even now as a grown-up that I've asked him to remove some things or take some things or get rid of some trouble or somebody that I wanted to live. And it wasn't the will of God that they live. And, and he took their life or he allowed their life to be taken. However you want to look at that. It's a, it's a big world. But I prayed God... Please don't, don't let him die. Keep your hand on Raise him up. Lord, I, I know that you're a healer. And this is the wrestling match in your mind when you've seen him do it before and you know he can do it. I, I mean, I've seen him. I have literally in my lifetime on at least two occasions seen God raise the dead. I've seen it happen. And I'm like, Lord, I know when I've seen you raise the dead after others said it's over, you can surely stop it before it's finished. And I've had to stand up by caskets and in pulpits and preach funerals that I did not want to preach. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I don't mean I didn't want to honor the people. I mean, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be anywhere but right there thinking, I can't believe this happened. Because I prayed and I asked God and I begged God and I pleaded with God. But the will of God was different than that. And later in life, you start realizing that there are things that you ask God to take away from you or to keep you from going through. And God doesn't work like that. He works his plan and he works his will. And what you need to understand is that there are seasons in life that you do not understand while you're in that season. But when you come through that season, and let me prophesy to you, you will come through that season. And when you come through that season, 
you're going to look back over that season where you felt like you were forsaken and God didn't hear a word you said and there wasn't anything on his mind that had to do with you and you're going to look back and realize he was there holding you all of the time. He had your best interest in mind. God knows where you are. He knows every loss you've had. He sees every tear you've cried. My revelation of who he is cannot be built on the disappointment of what he did or did not do for me. This is going to sound maybe a little insensitive, and and if you know me at all, you know that's not my motive. But I want to tell you that whether or not God answered the prayers that I prayed or not, it's irrelevant. And here's the reason why. He was God before I asked, and he's God when it was finished. And that's something you cannot forget. You, you, you just can't, you, gotta, you can't reason with God. You're never going to figure him out. His ways are so much higher than our ways. The psalmist said it like this. As high as the heavens are above the earth. Folks, I don't know why bad things happen in good people's lives, but I know that God is not the source of pain. And when the enemy tries to some way obfuscate our vision of who he is, all of a sudden we begin to associate the healer with the source of the pain. And I've come to help somebody in this house today and tell you that God is not the source of the pain that's in your life, but he is the only thing that can heal the pain that's in your life. And if you've tried everything, everything else and you haven't got answers and your heart is still broken here's what I'm saying to you try Jesus give him a chance my relationship with God you know this sounds really unfair and I I try to be better I try to be a better man but you know what once people treat you a certain way you tend, to, you tend to treat them a little different. I'm just being honest. You know when somebody hurts your heart? Next time you see them, you can be cordial, but you know from there on you're going to get that little lump in your throat and be like, I got to be the bigger person, I, you know? And it's tough. And there, there may have been times you would have given them access to things and let them in places that not, you're not going to let them in there. And we treat God the same way. We start limiting access. Now, God, now I'm fixing to get real, so y'all put your seatbelts on. We say, God, I don't mind letting you heal the part that everybody sees. But I'm not going to give you access to this thing that I love to hold on to. Because if I turn this loose and I let this go out of my life and this bitterness leaves and this hatred that I have toward them and this feeling that I had toward you because you didn't answer. God, if I let you heal that, then I, that means I have to get over it. Woo. I, I, I want to give you a little revelation here that the Lord gave me several years ago. It's not a new revelation. It's certainly been there all the time. It was a revelation to me. And I want to tell you why some people live in their past. I really want to help somebody here today. I'm here on a mission. I'm not here to sermonize you. I'm not here to just preach good. I'm here to help somebody. The reason why so many folks live in their past and they can't get over the hurt that they've been through is because, listen to me, they know how bad that hurts. 
And if they can continually relive that, they know the measure of pain that's involved with that. I know how bad that hurts. I know what they did to me. I know how I got through that so I can do that. But if I ever trust somebody else, then I put myself in a vulnerable position that I may have to hurt differently or on a different measure than I did before. So it's easier for me to just live here. And it's the same old cycle over and over. I feel the Holy Ghost touching somebody right now in this room. I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm breathing, there are angels that are moving up and down this aisle ministering to people right now. God is about to bring somebody out today. You are, you, you are living in a recurring cycle. And I want to tell you, it's in the psyche of humanity. It's the way that we work. When the children of Israel came out of the wilderness, the Lord took them through the Red Sea. 72 hours later, they're standing at bitter waters. And they said, let's go back. I don't understand the logic, but it's how we think. Understand that where they were at that water they called Merah, the Lord would have literally have had to have parted the Red Sea for them to go back through it. Why would they believe that the Lord could part the Red Sea easier than he could bless them with sweet water? It's because they had already seen him part the Red Sea. And they know how much they have to trust to go through where they've already been. It's the way the church is wired. That we would rather revisit old revivals than we would fresh revival. Because we know how much that costs. But God is taking us to a new dimension where we don't care how much it costs. We just want to have a breakthrough. My God, my God, my God, my God. So I want to I, I, I get this in somebody's heart today. Tell your neighbor, there's no time like the present. Oh, my, 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 my. There is no time like the present. And so, so now Jesus, he has healed these, these people and their hunger, and there's thousands of them. And, uh, you, you know, it was, it, it was just a, it was, it was a tough season for him, and he still wasn't well, but he ministered to the people. And he sent them off, and then he told his disciples, he said, guys, matter of fact, I'm going to put you on a boat. And uh, he said, I, I, just need, I just need to spend some time in the wilderness by myself. Now, the cool thing about being God in the flesh is that while his flesh was limited to where he could be in the flesh, his disciples knew that even if he was absent in the flesh, he was not absent in the spirit. And they knew that when he sent them out onto that water, he had not forsaken them. But it's a principle that I want to get to somebody in this place right now. No sooner than they pushed off from the shore and got out in the middle of the water, the sea. The waves began to crash. And all of a sudden, fear came on them because I can't see him work. then I guess he's not working. Woo! Some of us have that revelation. If I can't see him, then he's not working. But I want to encourage you today. You don't have to be able to see him to know that he's working. And you don't have to be where he is for him to be working. Mm. I don't know what I'm feeling in here right now, but I feel like telling somebody... He's working on something at home for you while you're here right now. I feel that. I feel like God's working on behalf of somebody in here today that came to the house of the Lord and said, God, if you don't give me some kind of an answer, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, sweetheart, don't lose your mind yet. He's still working for you.
My, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout, God's not finished. So here I am, I'm in the middle of this mess. The storm is crashing. The waves are splashing up into the boat. And I'm in the middle of it. You know, the middle's a tough place to be. Because there's no escape strategy. If, if, if you're hugging the bank, I mean, the storm's no big deal. You can go to the right or the left and just hang out and do whatever you need to do. Just hug the bank. Yeah, do, I mean, do whatever you got to do. But when you're trying to go somewhere, you can't stay around the bank. Understand me when I tell you that they were not, they, they, they were not in the boat because they just wanted to fish a little bit. They, they, they didn't have their, 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 their fish finder out there looking for fish and had their $300 rods and reel. That, that's not why they were there. They were going somewhere. And, and you need to understand me when I tell you, I'm, I'm saying all this for a reason today. You'll never go where you need to get by staying around the bank. I, I really want to help somebody here today. At some point, you're going to have to take that step of faith and get in the vessel and leave your comforts behind. And say, God, wherever I need to go and whatever I need to do, I'm willing to do it. And you leave that comfort behind. I've never been here before, Pastor. This is, this is not what I'm used to because uh, so-and-so used to tell me this, this is what relationship with God was all about. Well, listen, you got to find out for yourself. You can't take your grandmother's word on what a relationship with God is all about. Your grandmother may have been precious, and I'm sure that she was. Your grandfather may have been precious, and I'm sure that he was. But this is not about what somebody told me about him. This is not what I read in a book that told me about him. This is what I know about him when I'm by myself, and I'm in the middle of a storm, and there's nobody to bail me out, and there's nowhere for me to go. I've got to learn to trust him when I'm in the middle of it. So here he is. He's been resting in the wilderness. But he knew that fear was coming on him because he's standing there looking at the same storm they are. But when he's sitting up on the mountain looking across that water, the storm always looks different to him than it does to us. Man, I wish I had time to tell you a little bit about that. Here he is on the mountain in the wilderness looking out across the water. He sees the same lightning, hears the same thunder, feels the same rain and wind. But they're in the middle of it. And he's looking down on it. The scripture said the heavens are his throne. <laughs> and the earth is his footstool. This is one of my favorite things in the world to preach. Honest to God. When I read that verse, this is the image I get. If the heavens are his throne, that's way up there. And the earth is his footstool. That means even when it's over my head, it's still under his feet. worried about from his perspective everything is going to be all right somebody shout yes you got to leave that comfort zone you got to you got to get out there and go well but 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 pastor what if i what if i do trust god and i get out in the middle and a storm comes well then i guess you'll be in the middle of a storm Well, he's, 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 he's not on the boat. No, but you're where he wants you to be. 
Because if you stay, listen, I, we, we love to talk about it. I like looking, I like reverse engineering scripture. Let's just say the Lord would have told them before they left, there's a storm that's coming, so we're going to wait till after the storm and then you go, right? So if this is the way it works, then we have no scriptural or historical reference that they ever saw him walk on water. Think about what I'm saying to you. One of the greatest miracles recorded in the scripture, if the Lord takes away the storm and, and does not let them go through it, they never see the revelation of the water walker. Some of us are saying, God, show me something I've never seen before, but you're never going to see it at the bank. You're never going to see it standing there waiting on the storm to come. Here's what I know. That if the storm comes, the storm will not kill me. If the storm comes, it may make me afraid. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And if I've got to go through the storm to get a revelation of who he is, I'll go through the storm. So then why, 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 why couldn't he have just, why couldn't he just spoke peace before it happened? Because their character is formed on a different level on the other side of what they've come through. You guys have probably heard me share this many times and I'm trying to hurry this morning. You've, you, you've probably heard me share this story and it, it really is quite comical, but it's as true. It, this, I promise before God Almighty, this is not embellished at all. I was preaching uh, in, a, in a church, and they did testimony service in the church, and it was, it was powerful. I, I didn't know the devil was that good, let's be honest. It was like, these, these testimonies were brutal about the devil has been in my family, the devil's been in my mind, the devil's been, I'm like, well, glory to his name, you know? Thank God for testimony service. Bless his little pointed head, you know. And, and so, then, then there were, I mean, there were a couple good ones. There were people that sang songs or whatever. It was, there were a couple good ones. And then there was this lady that, honest to goodness, if I ran into her today, I wouldn't even know who she is. But I'll never forget what she said. And I think the reason I don't remember her face is because somewhere after her testimony, I blacked out. And she got up, and she started testifying. And if you've heard this, just indulge me. But she got up, and she said, she literally, in her testimony, she said, I have been to hell and back this week. And she started in. I've been to hell and back, and the devil's done this, and the devil's done that, and the devil's done this, and the devil's done that. And I'm standing up here saying, Lord, I can't wait for the next song to get this thing fixed and get it back up. Get this, let, let get me out of here Let's get this over with. And she honestly, I'm, I'm being honest before God Almighty. When she finished testifying and depression filled the room and all this stuff. The MC said, all right, thank you for the testimonies. We're so glad to have Pastor St. Clair here with us. Come preach the word. I'm like, God bless you. You're dismissed. I'm telling y'all, I tried, to, I really did. I said to myself, in my mind, you, Pastor, you talk to yourself? Yeah, I, I do, because sometimes that's the only sane person I can talk to. 
And, and I said to myself, on my way to the pulpit, I said, don't say a word. And I'm walking up, and, and Josh, I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm like, don't say nothing. Don't say a word. Shh, keep your mouth shut. Preach. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I stepped to the microphone, and I couldn't help it. When I got to the microphone, I opened up my mouth. I was going to say one thing, and the devil made me say something else. I figured since he was getting so much glory, I might as well blame him too, right? And I stepped up, and I opened up my mouth, and before I thought it came out, I said, Well, I've heard a lot of talk today about people going to hell and back. And I'm like, where are you going now? Where, where are you going now? Come on, stud. Why, come on, you've done bowed up on this now. What are you going to say? I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to get some quick wit in the pulpit. They hand you a microphone full of people that are like, if this guy don't say something, I'm going to shoot somebody. You know, like, what are you going to do? And, and, and I said, I'm hearing a lot of talk about people saying you're going to hell and back. And I said, you know, these, these are tough times. I'm trying to put icing on the cake, and I feel that little nudge. Go on, son. Go get it. Boom. You opened up your mouth and said it. Now go get it. And I said, well, here's what I want to say to you. I said, maybe you've been to hell and back this week. But I've heard tonight that hell got your joy. And hell got your peace and hell got your children and hell got your marriage. And I said, the next time you go to hell and back, don't come back empty handed. Because maybe the reason you're going through hell is so that on the way by, you can grab that victory that the enemy took from you and say, that's my victory. Get your hand. That's my marriage. Those are my children. That's my peace. Get your hands off of my victory. I believe our testimony ought to change. I've been through a storm this week, but the storm don't get the glory. I looked up, and there he was, walking on the storm-tossed wave. He brought me out. I know it's been a rough year. I know it's been a rough month. I know it's been a rough week. But while you're in the trouble, go ahead and claim that victory. Go ahead and... I'm going to preach if I'm not careful in here this morning. Tell your neighbor this morning, it ain't going to kill you. How do you know? Because I know who controls the winds and waves. And it ain't going to kill you until God says he's done with you. Lord, I feel boldness up in here right now. So, 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 so here I am. In the middle of a storm, and when the storm's not bad enough, I look up, and here comes a dude walking on the water. Here we are, October 31st, everybody's living in Spookyville. Drives me nuts. All these churches bowing down to it makes me even more sick. All this spook stuff going on, ghosts and witches and goblins and satanic Luciferian stuff. We're like, oh, looky, so cute. Y'all hear this preacher when I tell you today. I only have one intention when it comes to the things of darkness. I'm taking back everything that belongs to me. Everything. <laughs> Every bit of it. I want it back. And they look up on the water and they said, well, oh my, what do we have here? When the storm couldn't get any worse, we have a spirit. You know, sometimes the Lord comes to us in ways that we did not expect him to come. You can search. I have many times through, through the years. I've searched different places. 
And I don't find any other accounts of people walking on water. I, I've, I've looked because a lot of times, you know, when you, when you got the, the real thing, you've also got a counterfeit. That's the way it was in Egypt where, where there's a real deal. There's a counterfeit. And Janice and Jambres, the magicians, the witches, they, they, they were doing the same thing, right? And so I'm like, well, I mean, was somebody else walking on water? No. I mean, if they have, I hadn't found the place where it was recorded. I haven't found where anybody else walked on water. So it's not like they were expecting him. God, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind up here. I want to preach so bad right now. He came in a way that they least expected it. Because in their minds, they knew that he could, but they they wondered how in the world is he going to get to us here? We're in the middle. Somebody say in the middle. How does he get from where he is to where I am and it not be odd? Listen to what I'm telling you. God has a way of showing up in the middle of your circumstances in the way that you least expected him to show up. I know they had never heard of him walking on water before, but here he comes walking on the water in the middle of the night, in the middle of their storm, in the... God have mercy. Somebody needs to know this morning. He knows right where you are and he knows how to find you. You know what I'm doing right now? You know what I'm doing up here? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build somebody's faith, and I'm driving nails in the coffin of your enemy that's been telling you it's over. I've come to erase that in your mind today. I've come to reverse that today. It is not over. I know some of you are pulling out your Bluetooth thermometers right now, checking on your pot roast. It's getting late. Some of you got your smart, your, 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 your smart crock pots, and you're, you're looking right now, wanting to know. I saw this dude cooking the other day. This is, I'm, boy, here we go, rabbit trail. This dude was cooking the other day, and he had a, a camera on his phone that he could look inside his oven while he was gone. I'm like, oh, my Lord. It's amazing the things we care about, isn't it? How's he going to find me where I'm at? Did anybody happen to see where the disciples dropped him a text with their GPS coordinates? Anybody? Anybody happen to see where they just called him up and said, hey, we're out here by the 14th buoy? Oh, no. Do you know how he knew where they were? Because he never took his eye off of them. Well, he ain't here. He's watching. He's seen every step you've taken, every tear you've cried. He's seen that pillow soaked at night when you have wept tears and tears and tears and tears and thought nobody will ever know. And you get up the next day and go to work and you just smile so big both ears are wet. Let the whole world know, I'm good, I'm good. Shake hands. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And then you go home night. You're like, oh, God. He's been watching. He knows how broken you are. He knows where you're at. So he got afraid. It's fearful when he's working in a way you've never seen him work before. And they perceived that he was a spirit. And then came that voice. I love that voice. That voice came speaking to them and said, be of good courage. He said, fear not and be not afraid. For it is I. Now, here's what I want to focus on. There's no time like the present. 
The scripture said that the storm is still crashing. Jesus is walking on the waves. And there were waves. Because it was not placid. It was a storm. They were in the middle of the storm. It's, it, it's rocking and rolling, baby. It's, it's happening. And all of a sudden, the storm loses its relevance because of his presence. And Peter says, if it's you, <laughs> bid me to come. Hear me when I tell you, this is what the Lord sent me to tell you this morning. There is no time like right now. There is no time like the present. Peter's request was not, would you calm this so that we can see you better? His request was not, get this storm over and I'll walk by faith. His request was, if it's you, bid me to come. And I don't care what the storm's doing. I know what I'm doing. And I know where I put my faith. If it's you, then bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Right in the middle of a storm. In the middle of the sea. He didn't wait till it was over. He stepped out and said, I'm going to walk by faith. Now, we know the story. He sinks. I could preach on that. I'd love to. But here's what I got to get. We got so many people that are living their lives saying, when I get it all right and the storm's over in my life, I'm going to serve God. This is what I came this morning to preach. If you feel like I've wasted your time, I'm sorry, but here's what I've tried to get to. This is what I came to preach to you this morning. There will never be a time where everything's right. But when I get this and this and this fixed in my life, I think then I'm going to go ahead and be baptized in Jesus' name. That day will never come. I think when I can get all this in order and I, and, and I get this worked out and this job and this and that and the other, I, I, I think then, you know, this relationship's real important to me and I need to be sure that's not a dead end. Then I'm going to start coming to the house of God and be faithful to God. That day's not going to come because it'll go from that relationship to another relationship, that friendship to another, that job to another. And you, you, you're wrestling with God. And you're waiting on the storm to go away before you step out. But the words of Jesus were crystal clear. He didn't have a conversation. He said one word. He said come. You know what come insinuates when he said step out? He said in spite of the storm. In spite of the trouble. In spite of the fact you've never seen it this way before. Step out and come to me. So while you're worried today about all your mess ups. You're worried today about all your failures. Hey. I, I know you see all these precious people in here today, but c- could I just say this? Welcome to the club. Well, oh, I, I know better than that, Pastor. I, I've looked at these people. They got it all together. Look, don't make me laugh in public. I love these people week in and week out. They got problems just like you got problems. That's the thing I love about this church. We're not full of perfect people. We're full of imperfect people that realize how bad we need a perfect God. When I get it all together, I'm going to serve the Lord. There's no better time than the present right now. I don't care what the storm looks like. Get out of that boat and walk toward Jesus this morning. I know the waters of your life may be troubled, but just walk to Jesus. The music's coming this morning. But I don't want the music to be your invitation. I want to give you an invitation. And please understand, I don't mean this in any disrespect when I say, I would like to speak on behalf of the Lord this morning if I could. Because I'm only echoing what he said. Here's the way I would like to extend this to you today. You're tired. You're weary. You're in a storm. Your relationships are rocky. I I, I get all that. But let me extend a, 
uh, an invitation to you. Come. But, but uh, Pastor St. Clair, I've, I'm really scarred. Uh, my life is a mess. I don't, I don't think you know what I've been through, and, and I don't think you know what I am. Come. I, 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 my life, I'm in a relationship that I shouldn't be in, and I don't know how to get it all fixed. Come. I feel so much Holy Ghost in here right now. The Holy Ghost is drawing somebody. I've made so many mistakes, and I'm so imperfect. There's no way God could ever use me. Come. Come on, somebody. God, I feel him all over me right now from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Woo. <laughs> that tug you feel is the Spirit of God leading you right now to repentance. Woo, God. Somebody's about to have that breakthrough today. Pastor, I don't have this church thing all figured out. I'm not real sure where I sit on my doctrine. I, I don't know about being baptized. I, I don't know. Hey, come. Come. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I believe today. I'm not sure if baptism is essential and all that. Well, then just come and repent of your sins and let the Spirit of God lead you. I believe He's here right now. I believe He's beckoning for you to come. I believe the Spirit, Pastor. I, I, I've been lost for a long time. I used to live for God and I've lost my way. I'm a backslider. I had a relationship with God at one time, but I've lost my way and I don't know what to do. It's this simple. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He's waiting this morning. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Lay down your worries. Lay down your burdens. Don't let him keep you in the pew this morning. Come. Uh, God, let this congregation feel what I feel up here right now. Oh, God. Come. 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 I know there's things I ought to be doing in ministry, but I've dropped the ball, Pastor. Come. I know there's a deeper place I should be walking right now, but I keep failing God. Come on. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop.